It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hey, Lexus. Good morning. What's shaking today? Uh, it's a new day today. <laughs> Yesterday was a little rough for me, but got to have those days. You do. Yes. And we've talked about this before. I mean, running your own business and having 30 plus employees that you support is awesome and rewarding, but hard as hell. Hard as hell. And then being going home and trying to wipe your face and put on a smile. <laughs> well, and you have an extra challenge. Let's be honest with the audience. I mean, you work with your husband. Like, he's our creative director. So you work with him here, and then you go home to him. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely some days, right? Speaking of that husband, did you see my Instagram story last night of I him, did. like, doing a face-off with Tets? There's a picture of her husband on all fours in the grass in their backyard, like, nose to nose practically with their dog. And this is why this is so weird to me is I've known Wes for 15 years and he's claimed he's allergic to dogs for 15 years. And like here he now owns a dog and is face to face in grass with your dog. And then I come inside and I'm like putting the kids to bed and I look at Cash and he looks a little extra endowed. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on, dude? Your five-year-old? Like endowed, like endowed, endowed? Like, you know, down there. And I'm like, Cash, what is going on down there? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Pull it out, Cash. He's smuggling cookies in his crotch to go <laughs> to bed. I'm telling you, this kid, he is so hilarious, but the things he does is are just wacky. Yeah, I can attest to that. He is wacky. <laughs> and I try. Like, normally I would get mad, but it's just so funny and creative. Like, <laughs> Well, that's actually kind of a perfect entry into our episode, speaking of down there. Oh, God. We're talking a lot about down there today. <laughs> okay. And I know I didn't want to, like, give you a heads up about this episode because if you know Alexis, she is so squeamish and embarrassed easily about, like, private conversations, like private parts, like things you might do in the bathroom. Like she does not want to talk about it, doesn't want to hear about it. She doesn't do it. She's like, I mean, nope, my kids are like, my mom does not poop. I know that's probably going to screw them up later, but not only my mom, but girls do not poop. Yeah. She, when I, <laughs> you might hate me. We might have to edit this out, but I'm okay. going to say it. When I remember when you said you first moved in with Wes before you were even engaged you would have to go to, like, three bathrooms over in the house. Like, I don't even know if you had three bathrooms in that first house. But, like, you had to, like, shut three doors before you could go into the bathroom and do your thing. Yeah, and when we were dating, I'd make my best friend pick me up and take me to, like, Taco Bell or something. So I was <laughs> really? so embarrassed. I mean – I don't know. I have a complex. Well, now you have three boys and you've been married a long time. So I think you've, like, you know, gotten a little better. But the today's episode might really throw you for oh, a loop. God. Okay. Ooh, I should have had a shot of tequila before. This yeah, and 8.30 a.m. and everything. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to September 2019 when this story started for me, okay? Okay. 
I was in Portland and I was attending a conference for EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization. Alexis is a member as well, but she was not at said conference, even though she registered and paid and had her flight. She had a horrible case of strep throat, like so horrible in her late 30s that she was going to have to get her tonsils out or die. Yeah, or die. I was really? in the hospital. It was that serious. It was crazy. I mean, I'm sad you missed it, but I'm actually kind of happy because now I can tell you this story and you will hear it for the first time. All right, let's go. So there was like so many great speakers at this event. It was called Alchemy and it's like brings in just amazing speakers from all over really for entrepreneurs to listen to. This one speaker I heard really stood out for a number of reasons. Let me kind of set the stage for you. So we are in like a hotel conference room, but it's, or not even a conference room. It's almost like a banquet hall. It's like a banquet hall. Yeah. And it's giant and there's a circular stage in the middle and there's like seating all around, but not like stadium seating because it's not that big. Maybe the room was like, I'm guessing 250 people. So this petite woman, barely over five foot tall, approached the stage. And she had on the wackiest outfit I have ever seen. Oh my God, I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I put a picture for Alexis to see. <laughs> so like when she walked on stage, I don't know a better way to describe it. Her presence lit up the room like Christmas lights. She had this white shirt dress suit type thing with this giant white top hat. And like the shirt dress was open in the back so you could see her legs, but it was long in the front. I had never, I've never still to this day seen- Kind of like Lady Gaga outfit. It is. And she wearing slippers? She was wearing, they were some kind of slipper-esque thing. (laughs) Yes. So right away I was like, what the fuck? Who is this chick? Who is this chick? And like, you're immediately like wanting to judge. You're like, is this going to be some weird like comedic routine? Is this going to be taken seriously? So she starts talking. And the one of the first things she says is how she is in the business of P's. Like the letter P. Okay. Periods, poop, and pee. So oh, great. So if you know <laughs> also the audience of EO. So EO is an organization of like entrepreneurs who have over a million in revenue. It's mostly men. Like 85% of the room is men because, unfortunately, the stats are that a lot of women, frankly, don't have million-dollar businesses. I mean, we're getting up there. We're growing. But it's I think at that behind. time, I mean, Alchemy is bigger because it was multiple regions. But I bet there was only 20 women in the room, right? I mean, maybe there, a little more? Was, yeah, maybe a little bit more. But it wasn't. It was mostly men. men and I mean, so you could see – visibly see the men just squirm in their seats, look down at their feet. I mean, I was surrounded by them. I, this was like a fun social experiment for me. I was like, oh, I'm buckle up. I'm excited to see how they react to this presentation when she starts with periods, poop, and pee. Oh, my so, God. I know my EO forum, the guys, when we're on retreat and they see like a, a tampon commercial, they're like, why do they put these on TV? <laughs> this is horrible. Ooh, I'm excited then to tell you what's going on here. So, um, so this woman's name was Mickey Agrawal. Okay. Ooh, cool name. So, and it's spelled M-I-K-I. Like, it's a cool way. Okay. Mickey. So, Mickey is the founder of a number of brands that are crazy cool. But today, we're going to focus on just one of her brands, one of the P's, (laughs) because otherwise, this episode will be 18 hours long and you will want to kill me. Okay. So, today, we're talking about Thinks, and it's spelled T-H-I-N-X, and it is the period underwear. Okay. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, to put it 
Lately, I mean, Thinks has earned itself a reputation for its controversial ads. And the reality is they have opened up the floodgates and that's gross. That's a bad pun, <laughs> sorry, to some bigger issues that exist in the media. And I cannot wait to dive into this with you. So let's go back to 2011. Mickey and her two other founders, Antonia St. Dunbar and her twin sister, Radha Agrawal, were in India for a wedding. And they were just... Wait, her name's Mickey and her sister's name's Radha? Uh-huh. Isn't Interesting. Cool? Like, well, one's like super Americanized and one's really... But the way they're spelled isn't, so I'm like... Interesting. Yeah. Radha's a cool name. It is a, it's a gorgeous name. So the women are just sitting around casually talking about how they want to change the world, just like casual conversation <laughs> that you have when you're... I mean, it, don't lie. We do it all the we time. We do it all the time. <laughs> they're just chatting, and they all realized that they shared one problem that none of them had a solution to. And that problem, it was periods. Not like the punctuation kind, the woman kind. Okay? That you have no comment. <laughs> I wish people could see my face right now. I know. Uh, so the issue with periods wasn't the fact that we have to have them. It was all of the options for controlling periods, like tampons and pads specifically. They weren't good enough. They were leaking. They were uncomfortable. They were sometimes obvious. And for some women, they're very painful. Like I know actually a lot of women who have an issue using tampons. So it just seemed like there weren't any great solutions. And all of those products were actually originally invented by men who, in case you don't know, <laughs> don't, don't usually know the female body. <laughs> well, they, they don't have periods. Like they don't, you know, it's hard to really understand how something I didn't could, know that tampons were created by men. A lot of things were created by men that were meant for women. Like interesting. it's really interesting. So, I mean, of course, women have gotten involved in those products over the years, and they've been, you know, further developed and better than the original products. But yeah. still, I mean, the concept was developed by men. So these women shared story after story with each other. Antonia talked about a time when she was mortified at age 13 when a football player asked her if she sat in ketchup. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. And Mickey talked about a trip to Africa when she met a young girl who had to stay home from school because she was in the middle of what the girl called her week of shame. Like oh. she couldn't go to school because they didn't have resources or products to protect her from bleeding through her clothes. Oh, that's Which horrible. is horrible. And that actually led Mickey to find out that in developing countries, women miss at least 20% of the school year because of their periods. Wow. I know. It is insane. Something I would never have thought about because of we're, we're very privileged, right? I mean, we have access to those things. It's no issue. We go to the store, we buy them. So, like I said, they don't have the most basic of options like pads and tampons. And actually, millions of women drop out of school altogether because of their menstrual cycle. Let that sink in. Wow. Mm -hmm. Insane. These three women just knew they could do better. They got to work. You know, through a few years of R&D and a successful Kickstarter campaign, they launched Thinks, a women's underwear company that solves both the personal problem with leakage and discomfort and the global problem of developing countries not having resources through its purpose-driven business model. Like, they wanted to give back and find a way with the purchase giving these resources to underdeveloped countries. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, and today the brand is actually known as a direct-to-consumer female hygiene brand, okay? Okay. So basically, they're smart underwear. They utilize patented fabric technology that is leak and stain resistant, and they are somehow relatively cute. Like, I was going to say, that's my thing. I have to have cute underwear. I mean, they're not, 
So they're not and like super sexy, but they're not a granny panties. Like they they are cute. Okay. Okay. I don't know if they're like something you'd wear to like get the mood going. You know. <laughs> Check out my my smart underwear. <laughs> They definitely wouldn't match. I have a matching issue. You, yes, you do have a matching. Yeah, you're weird. You're who you know, taught you that? She has to match her bra and underwear all the time. Which my mom told me, what if the like you're having a heart attack and the firemen have to rip off your clothes? By <laughs> that's like a dream. dream. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or like you go to the hospital, you want to like have matching underwear. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you wouldn't wear these for sexy time. But <laughs> who wants sexy time when you're on your period? I mean, no, not many people. I think there actually are a category of people who are into that. Ew. I know. It's probably on that weird app. Or what's, so, oh, what's that feed Only pick? fans. Only fans. Um, that's the third episode Beth has made it into, so we're on a roll Good here. job, Only fans. Your brand is successful. Yep. So the idea with these smart underwear is that you can wear them with your normal protection, like a tampon or pad, for extra support, or you can forgo all those other products, like all together, and just free, be free. Oh, interesting. So the, these underwear will actually support you and will hold just as much as a few tampons will without leaking, which is really interesting. So they cost between $25 and $40 a pair on average, which seems kind of pricey to me, but they do say you only should need like seven pairs that would last you the entire week of your period. Oh, um, yeah, and think about how much tampons are. Yeah. I think I read something like on average women spend like – 150 bucks a year on tampons. I think it's probably more than that, but these underwear should last you for at least two years, they said. So I don't think cost savings is the message they're really pushing through for this. Like, I don't think they're trying to sell that you'll save money. I think it's the comfort and just the extra protection. So the model was built so that the company would fund seven washable pads for women in developing countries for every pair of things sold. The concepting of the product was 2011. When it hit the market, it was 2014. And by 2015, it was ready for its first big ad campaign. Ooh. So Mickey took on the role as CEO, and she wanted to get uber creative with the advertising and marketing of Thinks. Okay? So she had a vision to design a progressive yet simple ad campaign that would stand out and resonate with her audience. So... There's an ad that I just sent over to you, Lex, on your phone. Can you describe it? Yeah. So there's a woman with a cute top, but she's in, like, boy short underwear. Actually, they're not ugly. They're They're, they're cute. cute. Yeah. yeah. That's on the left side. And then on the right side, it says, underwear for women with periods. It's nothing too provocative. Like, it's relatively simple. It's a beautiful black woman in underwear. And she, everything's covered up. Like, you don't see her boobs. She's not, like, show, I mean, she's wearing a turtleneck sweater, right? Yeah. I mean, you see her underwear, but it's not like even in a sexy way. It's no, just it's like simple. It's, it looks like a, it's covering more than a swimsuit, right? Yeah. But it's really simple, okay? And it's tasteful yet clearly accomplishes the goal. Mickey wanted this ad and a number of others like it to run in the New York City subway system. Um, she maybe was thinking like buses and maybe a few other like out of home placements too. So another one of the ads just showed a picture of a peeled grapefruit. So if you scroll down right there, okay, so you see it? It's just the fruit, that's it. Like it's, that's it. And a few words like underwear for women with periods, right? Yeah. So what's the first thing you think of when you see that ad? <laughs> you can say it. I mean, we're talking about periods. That's a very interesting grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like a woman's nether region. But I mean, it's a piece of fruit. Like, there's nothing sexual about it overtly, right? No. It's just, it's a half of a grapefruit that's peeled. 
So she went through all the normal channels. She sent her artwork to Outfront Media, who sells the subway advertising space in New York City. And if you've been to New York or really like any metropolitan city, you probably have seen some outdoor advertising that's caught your eye, right? Yeah. Like there's some pretty risque shit that runs. So we've seen the ads that show women in like the thoroughs of passion, like maybe for like a Cialis ad. And we've seen lots and lots of like scantily clad swimsuit women, you know, with their boobs hanging out. And maybe that's for like... I mean, H&M's ads are pretty racy. Yeah, like, I mean, even for like breast augmentations, you see like very graphic ads, very yeah. sexy ads. And that's just the start. I mean, a brand could be selling watches or tennis shoes, and there's like a 99% chance that they use women in the ads just like I described, just to like sex it up because sex sells, right? So you know what Outfront Media told Mickey when they saw her artwork? What? They didn't want her to run it. They told her that the ads with the model showed a bit too much skin. What? Like Gap shows less skin than that. Uh Gap shows more skin than that, you mean? Oh, yeah. Sorry. More skin. Yeah. I mean, it is – there is nothing sexual about the ad, and certainly she's not showing too much skin. I mean, she's covered up. Yeah. You know, regarding the ad with the half-peeled grapefruit, you know what they said? What? They just seem inappropriate. So – Inappropriate? Yeah. But at the same time, this ad was running in Subway's marketing breast augmentations. If you scroll down there, you could see it. Could you describe that one for me? (laughs) Two women – One woman's holding two little tangerines in front of her boobs, and then the other one's holding two grapefruits. Yeah. So how is that grapefruit different than the other grapefruit? Because it's peeled? So like a whole round grapefruits, oh, those are okay. But a peeled half of a grapefruit, whoa, hold the presses. Way too inappropriate. Because honestly, the average person would not get that. No, they would just, no. It's not, the half peeled grapefruit is fine. It's a piece of fucking fruit, Okay. So talk about a double standard. I mean, Mickey was pissed. She told Slate at the time, who she smartly pitched the story to when the controversy started, that she suspected the issue might stem from the fact that all of Outfront's sales reps were men, and five of the seven members of its leadership team also had penises. Oh, my God. So the rep was nice enough, though, to offer Mickey a few suggestions on her artwork. And Which having- is, seems ironic. I feel like the men would want the sexy ads. Well, not no. when you're talking about bleeding from your vagina. They're like, whoa, we don't, that doesn't happen. Nope, not here. Does not happen I'm here. I'm telling you, so, men think tampon ads should be off TV. Yeah, so do you want to hear the suggestions that the male rep had for her? Yeah. To make the ads more appropriate? He suggested that Thinks change the ad to just feature a silhouette of women's underwear instead of actually having a female wearing the undies. Because women don't wear undies. No. And when Mickey protested and said that that's a bit hypocritical considering there were breast augmentation ads galore and the other ads were way more risque. Or Calvin Klein with men in like awesome briefs. Hot hot briefs. (laughs) The rep told her not to make this a women's issue. Now that's a way to fucking fire up a feminist. Oh my gosh. A woman's issue? Uh Like that's your issue? That's what he said to her. I wish you could just like wave a magic wand and men – couldn't get a period and figure it out. Oh, well, I cannot wait to tell you what she did about this. Okay, so um, the the very helpful rep proceeded to ask Mickey, what would a nine-year-old boy think if he saw this ad and his mom had to explain it to him? So <laughs> Alexis's face right now was like shock. The Slate article reporter Christina Catarucci wrote a response that I just have to read word for word about this. She wrote, One imagines that a nine-year-old boy who rides the New York City subway 
has seen more objectionable images and heard crasser language, both in ads, such as one for the Museum of Sex, that depicted fleshy, intertwined body parts inside the words hardcore, and from fellow subway patrons. I was going to say, they probably see more weird shit on the subway. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so the reality wasn't that the women's body was the issue. It was totally covered up and tasteful. Nor was it really the underwear. It was the fact that the ads were talking about a woman's menstruation. If you think about it, the typical ads we've seen on TV or in magazines for like tampons or pads, like you just said, they usually show women just being like physically active and wearing white clothing. Like that. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, how do, t- how do all the other brands get away with it? Well, because they, they don't show women in underwear. It's always like, yeah, it's someone jogging through like Central Park or it's something like, like hey, that. It's like, hey, look at me. Like, I'm going to run through this busy park or I'm going to play tennis with my friends in a white outfit and I'm bleeding. Can you believe it? <laughs> so weird. It's a joke. I mean, I never really noticed the issue until I heard Mickey speak about it in 2019. The ads that actually do go a step further for like tampons or pads to show like how absorbent it might be. They always use blue liquid, never red, because if it was red, it would really scare people, right? (laughs) Like, it's just crazy to me that, you know, we can't show those things because it just isn't – it's a turnoff to 50% of the population. And that's that's truly the reason. That's true, but it's so weird because if you see, like, an ad or a billboard for a horror movie, they can have, like, blood splattered all over it or someone's head being chopped off. You can show someone getting shot in the face on TV, but you can't show – fake blood and how it soaks up in like a tampon. You have to use blue liquid. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So Mickey was smart as hell here. She knew what she was doing. And I think she had an inkling that these old stodgy media companies would probably react this way. I think it was on purpose. Okay. She wanted this to be a stunt. She wanted it to cause an uproar and she wanted it to get attention. And it worked. So Mickey pitched the media sharing the story of what happened exactly sharing the conversations with the reps, and it was covered all over every single big media outlet. So not many people like knew about things prior to this. It was like a nothing brand. And suddenly it was all over the news and, of course, all over social media. Yeah. I mean, in fact, there was such a firestorm like on social media and an outcry of support for what Mickey was doing with Thinks that the ads were eventually approved to run on the subway because people got fired up. Yeah, that's what it took. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So Mickey didn't stop there. In 2016, she was the first company to ever feature a transgender male in a period ad. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, of course, like meant to shock, but also to educate. Trans men menstruate too, right? Yeah. So like actually there's an ad that featured the trans male model Sawyer Devoost. I think it's Devoost. And he's wearing the Thinks period underwear. And the ads caught attention as they were prominently displayed at the Union Square subway stop in Manhattan. And Mickey told the press that she wanted to break the taboo around menstruation and was hoping that this was just another step forward. And in interviews that this male model did with the media outlet The Cut, he explained that he partnered up with Thinks because they reached out to him to consult on this new line that they wanted to make for trans men and gender queer customers. And he actually explained that He got his period for the first five years between the time he came out as trans and started taking hormones. So, like, he was already dressing like a man and, you know, identifying as a man, but he was still bleeding. And he 
would just like layer up multiple pairs of underwear with a pair of boxers on top just to make sure no one knew he was on his period. Okay. That's a lot for me to digest. Yeah. It's insane to think about. And of course, like he doesn't need thinks now because now he's fully transitioned and he no longer has his period, but he really wanted to help make a statement and shift the conversation. Which you would never think of that audience when you're creating underwear for women with their periods. But like there is a growing subset of the market that are trans- transgender, transgender, yeah. you know? So later Maybe in Mickey, the- she wants to capitalize on all markets. I mean, she's- Brilliant. Brilliant. And she's brilliant in starting conversations, which is, I think, even cooler. Well, it's key. That's why social media blew up. Yeah. So later in that same year, Thinks launched another ad that got people talking. And this one (laughs) makes me cringe like a little. I'm not going to lie even saying the word, but I'm going to say it. But it's supposed to make you cringe, right? Okay. In a nod to former President Donald Trump's infamous words, grab them by the pussy, from the 2005 videotape that surfaced years ago, Thinks came out with an ad that read, pussy grabbing proof underwear. God. (gasps) That is insane. Yeah. And they ran the campaign by San Francisco's BART metro system. And of course, it was rejected like right off the bat. But Mickey did that purposely. At this point, she's, I, she didn't say this, but I firmly believe she was creating ads just to get them denied for the attention. I'm surprised in San Francisco they were, uh, isn't San Francisco like predominantly Democrat? Yeah. Like you'd think they'd want to run the ad to piss off Trump. Well, so. Yes, but Mickey was quoted talking to CNN Money saying, We figured since the Republican national candidate said it, we could say it too. Periods are political. Sexual assault is political. We want to showcase that in our ad. So she was making a statement. And of course, like that resulted in a whole new wave of media coverage and, you know, a ton of social media attention in support of the brand. Wow. Yeah. Very progressive, I would say. Bold woman. So in 2017, Mickey herself became the subject of the controversy that she so often creates. An ex-employee came forward and filed a complaint with the City of New York Commission on Human Rights, who claimed that Mickey touched an employee's breast and asked her to expose them. Allegedly, she would often change her clothes like in front of employees She also was known to conduct meetings via video conference, like, while in bed naked. What? Um, And at least once, she supposedly FaceTimed into a meeting from the toilet. So those are very serious claims, clearly, right? Yeah. I mean, the complaint, like, did move Mickey to step down in her role as CEO, which I think was the smart thing to do, especially because – If you think about it, this is 2017, and that was the myth, like the really the middle of the the Me Too movement. Like it was really picking up speed then. Honestly, I believe that the Me Too movement should impact women abusers in the same way it does men. Like I think, yeah. Why is I mean, it's so interesting because I'm a boy mom, and that's my biggest fear is like it shouldn't just go one way. Yeah, and I don't think it's. I mean, unfortunately, many of the examples are you know one way because that's what we hear about, but. It does go both ways. There are such things as women abusers. I'm not saying she is, though, because there's nothing ever proven. I'm just telling you what allegedly she was said to have done. But what a weirdo. Like, what if we just, like, we're in a meeting and just start changing clothes in front Mm -hmm. of our employees? (laughs) What? So um, Mickey wrote a personal statement that says, while she may no longer be CEO, she remains she-eo. 
She goes on to admit that while she focused so hard on breaking taboos that she may have made mistakes in lacking like any real HR infrastructure in her company, she does vehemently like deny the claims of sexual harassment and she says they're baseless and have no merit. But like I said, we don't know the truth. Like there's two sides to every story. All we can do is tell you what the media reported on. I saw her speak two years after she stepped down and she was already very successfully onto her next endeavor and she still obviously owns the company. Do we know how old she was when she started this? You know what? She, and was this her first company? So, Again, nothing like no, is okay, but I'm just wondering like how could anyone ever think they could do those things as owning a company or working for a company? I mean, yeah, I mean, she does have multiple companies now. I actually don't know the order. I think this was the first one that really took off. So it's probably her first experience really running a company. She was in her 30s when it like early 30s, I believe when it took off. So I saw her speak two years after she stepped down and she was already very successfully onto her next endeavor. And that's called Tushy, which is totally its own future episode. And I- Oh my gosh. I, (laughs) we have to do an episode on that. We for sure will because it's in, the antics are insane. She's still very front and center in her other organization. So she is boldly moving forward, even though she denies the claims. Yeah. It's interesting that she didn't do I mean, she went totally racy. She didn't do anything with, like, how she's giving back to third world countries. Like, I wonder that just knowing those stats that girls drop out of school or Mm -hmm. they don't go to school, I mean, that would have been a pretty shocking campaign too. Yeah. I think that would have got a lot of attention because if you hear that, I mean, that's depressed. That's horrible. Yeah, and she did focus a lot on that in her, like, you know, other marketing efforts and content marketing. But truthfully, though, I don't think the world – the U.S. would have paid nearly as much attention to ads that talk about what's going on in third world countries versus these shocking ads. We're, as a society, we are selfish and we want to be shocked and odd for those kinds of reasons versus hearing about what's going on in third world countries. It's sad, but it's the truth. Yeah. I just don't think it would have had the same impact, even though what she did is really cool. After Mickey stepped down from Thinks as CEO – Maria Molland Selby stepped in in July 2017 and kept moving forward with the brand's like very progressive marketing strategy. So in November 2017, they created a PMS truck, which visited three cities and allowed visitors to step inside to shop for Thinks products and book one-on-one appointments with period specialists to talk about all things periods. And the campaign was actually called the Fearless Bleeding Tour, which I think was cute. Oh, my gosh. And women were encouraged to bring their unused tampons with them to be donated to local organizations in need, which that's cool, right? Yeah. And it's a cool-looking – there's a picture here, like a cool-looking little trailer. Very cool. Yeah. So then in 2019, Thinks put out another shocking ad. And this makes me feel like Mickey is still very involved behind the scenes in the marketing because it's a Mickey stunt, okay? Okay. So that ad featured a young boy getting his first period. Yes. You heard me right, okay? The tagline said, what if we all had periods? And the campaign continued with the rest of its ads by showcasing men in an effort to reduce the period stigma. It was labeled the menstruation campaign. Wow. Interesting, right? And it begged the question, like, if we all had periods, would we be more comfortable talking about them? Sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, One of the ads featured a boy telling his father that he was getting his period for the very first time, 
which shocked the hell out of people. I was going to say, again, being a boy mom, I feel like I get what she's trying to do, but if your kid sees that, trying to have that conversation, I mean, it just confuses them. At an early age. At an early age. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously when they're – they've gone through sex ed or whatever and they know, it's like it confuses them. I have boys and they use tampons as fishing poles. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. I imagine that it's hard to have that conversation with young kids. And what's crazy is young kids saw these because it was the brand's first ever TV campaign. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it actually got banned by several networks, including CBS, for being too graphic. The ads featured a tampon string, which apparently you can't show. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the banning was exactly, of course. Who decides all this shit? Like, who decides what you can show, what you can't show? I mean, it's just the network executives. I don't even think – there's probably some written rules, but also they're just making snap decisions in the moment, I have a feeling, because it changes all the time. It's crazy what an ad can show or can't show versus what a violent TV show can show. Yeah. Of course, the banning was exactly what thinks figured would happen or maybe what they hoped would happen. And it was used to the brand's advantage as Thinks proceeded to challenge the TV networks who refused to show the ad. So this, of course, lit up on social media and more than 40 million people went public with their support for the ad. 40 40 million million people. So it worked. I mean, it earned more than 120 unique press hits in major media. Influencer content created an additional 28 million impressions, according to Marketing Week. Okay, how much money do they make? So that's insane. So let me tell you the data, of course. And this is the real dollars, okay? And I think it'll impress you. Okay. So by 2017, when Mickey stepped down as CEO, the company was poised to do about $26 million in revenue that year. So she herself got the company to $26 million. And she told the story when she spoke about how – bootstrapped the company was. I mean, the marketing was not done by big agencies in the beginning, maybe not even now. She really did it on a budget. So Mickey took the company from zero to 26 million, which I think is crazy cool. And really, the marketing was truly solely stunt-based. That was it. That's how she got to 26 million. And it was even profitable at that point, which is way more unique for a biz- like a company in that phase of its business. Lifespan, really. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Maria, the new CEO, steps in, and by the end of 2018, the company has grown in revenue to $50 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it has not continued to grow at that same crazy rate, mostly because online advertising just hasn't pulled in the same growth anymore that it did with for a lot of direct-to-consumer brands. I mean, you remember in 2018, like Facebook put major limits on customer data and ad prices went up. So like brands were able before that to really get cheaper Facebook ads and like target direct to consumer really easily. And now honestly, Facebook is so crazy because we do a lot of marketing for breast augmentation Mm -hmm. shops. I mean, they're really crazy about what imagery is up there, what claims, all that stuff. So it's probably hard, but you know what? Interesting. I think I've been targeted by these ads. Oh yeah. I'm sure you have. When the digital marketing strategy or the Facebook strategy stopped working as well, they tried lots of other tactics, and the company has really set its sights high. I've seen Maria quoted saying that she's looking to build a $300 million company, and other places I've seen her quoted saying $500 million. So she's like shooting for the moon here. And she does have a long way to go because they're really only at about that $50 million mark right now. But dream big, Mickey. Dream, yep, dream. Well, that's not Mickey. It's the new CEO, oh, the new Maria. CEO, yeah. But I mean, Mickey still owns the company. 
So I'm excited to watch what happens next. I mean, I think tons of competitors have come into the market, but, you know, Thinks has done a great job keeping the conversation edgy and fresh, like around every corner, which seems to convert to sales for them. And I'm just curious, like, how long can it keep going? Like, will that strategy stick? Like, if they keep that controversy going? I mean, I think I feel like if that was what they built their foundation on, they need to capitalize because people are shocked by it and it gets attention. Mm -hmm. Like, it just might be the market segment that they can't use traditional ads because they don't grab attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I want to believe that it will stick. I think it will stick. Okay. So before Go for the 500 million. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, I want to point out my sources. The um, Marketing Week article titled How DTC Brand Thinks Tackled Taboos and Censorship with First TV Campaign had really good info. I also loved the Inc. Magazine article by Christine Legorio Chafkin. Um, although the title is a little dramatic, it's titled Thinks Almost Imploded. Meet the woman who rescued it and wants to turn it into a $300 million underwear empire. Drama. Underwear uh, empire. So this late article by Christina Caterucci titled Ads for Thinks Period Underwear Might Be Too Lewd for New York City Subway was excellent. And per usual, the Wikipedia entry for Thinks was great. I'll, of course, link the others in our website, and that's where all the show notes live in case you haven't found them yet. Go to willitstickpodcast.com, find the episode. There's your show notes, baby. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to leave us a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, whatever's your jam. Yeah, I mean, everywhere, really. We're at, there's like a billion places you can get your podcasts these days. It's very overwhelming. So find us on all those places and tune in. Tune in, and we hope that you'll come back next week. Peace out. Bye.